you. Thank you, everyone. I need that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Let me try that again. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. That's much better. Boy, am I excited about being here. I have traveled the world, ladies and gentlemen, flown six million miles, helped to build Bible schools in 55 countries, just done a lot of fun stuff. I have never been in a place where I'm more excited than right here. To see what you have done and created out of this great opportunity, this facility and this location and this couple, the best in America. It's unbelievable. You didn't buy this facility, you stole it. <laughs> this is, this is a miracle of talking, singing about miracles. Wow, I, I, so I'm just thrilled to be here with you this morning. I, 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 I said to your pastor, I want to follow the activity of your growth. My problem is I'm 84 years of age, and I may not have a whole lot of time left to do that as I want to follow it. But my mother lived to be 102, so, so hope springs eternal, and I'll be back. Wow, what a great opportunity. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Why? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we pick up the story of Jesus coming in Bethlehem. Born in a, to a virgin, Joseph took her to be his wife, and there in Bethlehem, Jesus is a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. They returned to Nazareth, Jesus with the family, where his father, a master carpenter, is building strip malls and condominiums and apartment buildings. For the next 30 years, Jesus learns how to build, learns how to live, learns how to succeed with his wonderful family. But at the age of 30, Jesus begins his ministry. Now, this is the Son of God come to let the whole world know that he's going to be their Savior. So what does Jesus do? How did Jesus begin? What was his strategy? That's the most important thing I can ask this morning. What was his strategy? And this is it. He called to himself 12 disciples. They came from a variety of backgrounds. Some were graduates of universities. Some were not. Some couldn't read too well. Some could read proficiently. All of them came from a variety of backgrounds to follow Jesus, 12 of them. And he began to teach them from the prophets. He taught them how to walk on water. Peter didn't learn too well. He taught them how to feed the thousands. He taught them the miraculous. He taught them that he'd come to be the savior of the world. They were hoping that he would become the next ruler of the world. Because they lived in a time and age, Roman rule, which was as cruel then as ISIS is today. And they were hoping that Jesus would be the next ruler of the world, and no doubt they would be members of his new cabinet. John the Baptist, no doubt, was going to be the Secretary of State, and then it was Peter would be the Secretary of Defense. He could take a sword, cut a guy's ear off without even scratching his face. It was amazing the gift that he had. And all of these guys were jockeying for positions. You see that. But Jesus did not come to be the next ruler of the world. He came to be the savior of the world. 
There's a big difference, ladies and gentlemen. And though they did not understand this, they followed him for three years. He taught them. Really, in fact, it was the first Bible school ever created. Three-year curriculum. They didn't have a resident campus. They went where Jesus went. And so as Jesus taught them, it came time for Jesus Christ to go to the cross of Calvary. Judas had betrayed Jesus, went out later and committed suicide. The others slunk into the wilderness. They said, are you kidding? Never heard of the man. Me? Jesus? No. Peter denied him three times, but Jesus knew why he came. He came to be the savior of the world, and he allowed his captors to take him, bind him, put him on a cross between two thieves. They had plunged a sword into his side. They planted a crown of thorns on his brow. And there on the cross of Calvary, Jesus said these magnificent words, It is finished. I have paid it all. And I have good news this morning for Iowa and for America and for the world. Our sins have been forgiven. It's not because of penance. It's not because of even giving tithes. God love you all. But it's because Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ did what he said he would do. He died on the cross and there he forgave us all of our sins. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They took him off the cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. Peter could no longer handle the agony. He had betrayed Jesus three times. And so now, where did they put Jesus? And on resurrection morning, Jesus, Peter went looking for Jesus. And he found him sitting outside of the borrowed tomb. Their eyes fastened on each other. And Jesus said to Peter, go and tell the others, I'm alive. Peter knew where they were. He went to the other disciples, all 10 of them, and he said, I just talked with Jesus, and I can just hear them say, Peter, you're stupid. They put him on a cross. It's all over. It's too late. Don't you understand? We failed him. It's too late. No, he's gone. And Peter said, no, 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 no. I just talked to him. He wants to meet with us. So Peter took the 10, and they met with Jesus. And Jesus said, now, here's the plan. I've got to go to the Father and I'm going to share all that's happened. I want you to go to Jerusalem because God is going to give you a gift that will make you more powerful than anything you've ever seen happen. You're going to do things greater than I have done. So I want you to go. And as he's talking to them, he disappears. The angels came and they said, this same Jesus that you see leaving is coming back. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I've got more good news for America. He is coming back, ladies and gentlemen, and he's coming back this time to be the ruler of the world. You and I are going to rule and reign with him. Praise God. On the way to Jerusalem, I find this fascinating. On the way to Jerusalem, Daniel, these 11 became they became evangelists. And you talk about church growth. By the time they got to Jerusalem, there was 120 of them. Wow, that's explosive growth. 120, they gathered together in a borrowed apartment, I think on the second floor. We call it the upper room. And there they sat as you were sitting and they took care of little church business. And then they began to wait on God. And they waited a day and two and three. I think maybe somebody had a guitar and they probably began to sing, oh, how I love Jesus. And four days, five days, six days, ten days, seven days. But on the tenth day, the Holy Spirit swept across that auditorium and impregnated. 
impregnated each one of them with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak in languages they had never learned before. We call it speaking in other tongues. And as an expression of all of this, God did something supernatural in their lives. And these people made a lot of noise. We've never, Pentecostals, been accused of being timid. When the God comes, something happens. And they begin to speak in these. And it was feast time in Jerusalem. And people had gathered in from the surrounding area. And they heard them speaking in their own languages. How can this be? These are these. These, they never learned my language. And Peter heard this. <laughs> this is the same dude who not long ago said, no, 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 not me. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. Three times he denied Jesus. Now Peter, transformed, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, stood up and he began to preach. And being a Pentecostal preacher, he preached and he preached and he preached. They told me before the service, you can go as long as you want. And I said, don't say that because that's dangerous to a preacher. He didn't know any better and he preached and preached. And when he finished preaching, 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus. And if you'll come with me this morning, I'll put you in a couple of jumbo jets First class, of course. And I'll fly you around the world. And I'll show you today two billion people who confess Jesus as their Savior. How is this possible? That's the question. How is this possible? Possible because Jesus invested three years in the lives of 11 faithful guys. That's what I call priority one. I was born and raised in North Dakota, a godly home. My father was the first district superintendent of the Assemblies of God of that great state that's given to us all the oil we need. If we could only convince others of that. In one of the services in my father's church, I found Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Then the evangelist came along and he preached and I found Jesus a second time. Then we had a missionary who said, anybody here want to receive Jesus? I got saved again. I got saved, and I got saved, and I got saved. I don't know how many times I raised my hand, but someplace it, it dawned on me, Jesus is my Savior. I no longer had to raise my hand. I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me. And the missionary came, and he said, there's a world that's lost without Jesus. And God called me as a boy to be a missionary. When I was dating Joyce on the second night, I looked into her blue eyes, and I said, ma'am, I said, if, if, this, if this thing goes any further than this, I want you to fully understand God's called me to be a missionary. I mean, right up at the, right up at the. So, and, so after serving, we, we began our ministry in Sioux City, Iowa, oddly enough, wonderfully enough, in 1962 and 1966. It was time. It was time. I went to the the leaders of our fellowship. And I said, I believe that God wants us to go to Europe as missionaries. Do you have a place in mind? They said, yes, we need you in Spain. Oh, I said, that's wonderful. Spain, Guatemala, Honduras. My geography was not very good. (laughs) But I found it. I found it. Spain, I found it. So I began to read. And when when I read, they said, we want you to read this book by Dr. Bob Evans. And it's titled, Let Europe Hear. And every chapter was a chapter in a different country in Europe. 
And when it came to the chapter in Spain, it was entitled Giants in the Land. Oh, that's encouraging. Giants in the land. These are all the things that you can't do in Spain as an evangelical. You can't preach. You can't marry. You can't bury. You can't pass out tracts. You can't, you can't, you can't. Because there was no religious freedom. 36 to 39, there was a civil war in Spain, claimed a million lives. General Franco came to power and clamped total control on the country. And there was only one religion, and it was not the Protestant religion. In 1966, there was no religious freedom. And they wanted me to go there. That's how much they thought of me. So I went to prayer, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I was kneeling on my bed, and I opened the scriptures, and I read about Joshua and Moses. And it says, Moses is dead. There's a certain finality to that. Moses is dead. Now, Joshua, I want you to take these people, and I want you to go in and possess the land. And every place that the sole of your feet will tread, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I said, God, as I read that scripture, God, if you'll make me the same promise, I'll go to Spain. But I need a giant killer because there's giants in the land. And he said to me, I'm your giant killer, for with me all things are possible to him that believeth. Praise God. I took that verse, and with my little five-month-old baby, Chip, Joyce and I began to travel across America. We didn't have, there were no car seats in those days. That's a modern day phenomenon. We just put a, no, we put a mattress in the back and they flopped around. Across we, America, we went and we said, we're going we're gonna to go to Spain, we're going to go to, and people said, you're stupid, you're foolish, you don't you understand, you can't do anything. I said, yeah, that may be true in the natural, but God is with us. And Jesus said with me, all things are possible. And we believe God. And one day I was traveling in 1967. Somebody sent me the front page of the New York Times, that great bastion of conservatism. New York Times. That was a joke. <laughs> and this is what it said. General Frankel declares religious freedom. I said, wow, religious freedom. The doors beginning to open up. And Joyce and I went to Spain. We had one purpose in mind. There were five Assembly of God churches, basically underground churches. We had a desire to find a place where we could build a Bible school. Could we take a student or two from those five churches and train them, lead them, and guide them? Because they speak their language much better than I'd ever speak it. They like the food much more than I do. They understand their culture, their, their, their Spanish. And, they, and so that's what we did. We were able to find a place, renovated it. God gave it to us. Four students. One of those students graduated from our three-year program, went on to Continental Theological Seminary in Brussels, received his master's degree, came back to Spain, and under the, every home literature crusade plan, he put a gospel witness into every Spanish home. That's the power of one trained leader. And so God was helping us. This is, this is, and so while I was in Spain, the Lord was so gracious to me, and, and, and I received an invitation. Could you please go to, come on over to Portugal? Portugal, yes. Portugal and Spain make up the Iberian Peninsula, which comes off of France. And I went over to Portugal, and this is what I found. I found the Assembly of God Church in Portugal had 60 congregations. One church. You'll have that someday. 60 congregations and only three full-time pastors. 
These guys, these guys are going Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Unbelievable. Going and trying to, and so I said, and they were kind. They invited me back and invited me back. And, and, and so I said, you, you know, what you people need is a Bible training center. You need a place where you can find the brightest, as you would have in this room this morning, the finest, the brightest, and bring them and teach them and train and fill the empty pulpits. Oh, they said, that's a brilliant idea. Yes, we want you to come and build and direct it for us. Well, that wasn't too brilliant. But I said, I said, I said, I said, I'll do it. So after having a wonderful tenure of time in Spain, God allowed us to come back to America. Now I had two boys born in Spain. Must have been the water. And uh, she, she's got a water jar right there beside her. She's been sucking on that straw a long time. You talk about church growth. This pastor and his wife believe in it. I found a mobile home. I found a mobile home in Springfield, Missouri, where Joyce and the kids could live. While I begin, because this is what missionaries do. They go from church to church to church and church, and they, they tell what they're going to do, and they raise the money that they're going to do it with. This, there's no fund. There's no fund where, okay, we're going to give you a half a million bucks. We're going to give a million dollars. We're giving. No, no, no. If you want to do it, you go out and you raise the money. So I found a mobile home. I said to Joyce and the kid, See you later. And I began to crisscross America. I traveled for a year and a half. I slept on my own, in my own bed 60 nights. Because I knew the only way we could do this was to raise as much as we could. And God gave to me a key verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Here it is. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I believe God. I have believed God for Spain. God provided, and I could show you the evidence. Unfortunately, I don't have a picture. But I believe God. So with that verse, I'm crisscrossing America, and people are responding, and people are helping me. And in 1974, I picked up my three kids. Wow, they had grown. And Joyce and I flew to Portugal. The day after we arrived in the country, I'm walking all over 30 acres of land on the edge of the city that the Portuguese Assemblies of God had found, and they were waiting for me to come and to buy it. And we bought it. And for the next nine years, I never stopped building. I built dormitories for 325. I built classrooms. I built libraries. I built an auditorium for 1,500. I built dining hall. Don't forget the dining hall. Boy, they love to eat. They and I just I built for nine years. And now I want you to see the evidence. That's the evidence because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Do you like that? Hold on your enthusiasm. So, so, just kidding. So God, so God, so God really, and you know, this is, this is, Joyce and I went back there last year for a graduation. I don't know what graduation it was, 46, 47, 48, who knows. And, 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 but the exciting thing is that the general superintendent of the state, of the country of, of Portugal was our first graduate. 
And today he pastors the largest church in the city of Lisbon, has 20 additional churches, and the Assemblies of God is the largest Protestant denomination in the country of Portugal. How is that possible? Possible by one thing, possible because of one thing, because of trained leadership. It doesn't happen in any other way. And that's what consumes me, and that's what drives me every day, because I know I have found the principle to church growth. And so from there, I received a call, could you please come to Romania? Communism had fallen. Communism had fallen. And Romania, that had been in the grips of a dictator, was now liberated because they had captured the dude. And, and it had been liberated. And now they wanted to build a Bible school. There was an assembly of God presence that had been underground. Now they wanted to build a Bible school, and they invited me to come. And this is what I found. I found an old commie building. And the communists have never built a pretty building. It was just the, the, the no, the Saudi Arabia said, but not, not it just uh, it, it, ugly. And I, I, but I believe God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What are you believing God for? And I want you to look at this this morning, that verse, because the evidence is in the same verse as your faith. So take home whatever you're believing God for. Take home the evidence because God has given it to you by faith. And so we believe God and now take a look at the evidence. That's the evidence of what we believe for. A beautiful Bible school in the country of Romania where today there are 2,000 Pentecostal churches for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, wow, amen. So God was teaching us and God was helping us. Then I received an invitation, could you please come, could you come to the Republic of Georgia? Yeah, if I can find it. It's, it's not the Atlanta, this is not Atlanta, Georgia, this is the Republic of Georgia. It's a country that lies south of Russia. And under President Bush, Putin, that's the guy over there in Russia, Putin. And you know, I don't think Mr. Putin is very happy. I don't think you would be either if your name was Putin. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And so, <laughs> would Mr. Putin please stand? And so, Putin went down to Georgia, went down to the Republic of Georgia, under President Bush II, and tried to reclaim it, much as like they're trying to do today in the country of the Ukraine. He was repelled and... and and freedoms had set in, and they weren't going to relinquish it. And God gave to us the opportunity to, to do something significant. I went there with 10 pastors. They had already purchased, there was a missionary, he already purchased an acre of land, and he was going to build a Bible school on it. And I went there, and we did a prayer walk. We couldn't walk that way. So, so we were walking around this acre of land, and then we walked up in the next level, and here came a mob of a hundred people led by an Orthodox priest. They were not happy that we were there. They were so unhappy that they beat us so bad they put a couple of guys in the hospital. It was just, it was, and we said, maybe we shouldn't build here. So we, we found this old commie building and we, we took it and we transformed it because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's the evidence right there. After we transformed the building, that's the evidence. That's what God did for us. And today in the Republic of Georgia, there's hundreds of places of Pentecostal worship that never existed before. How is this possible? Possible because of one thing, trained leadership. 
From there, I had the opportunity of going to Albania. Albania, you know, and this is, you have to forgive me because I've just, but in 1989, Albania was like North Korea is today. You can't get in to North Korea and you don't want to. And they don't want to let you go once you get in there, as we know from recent experience. And that's the way Albania was. You couldn't get a visa to go in and they couldn't come out because of dictatorship. But because communism fell, it was a part of the communist regime, they grabbed the dictator and they threw him out of the country and democracy came to Albania and we were able to buy some land and from the ground up, we built this magnificent Bible school in the country of Albania. Today in Albania, a country that is led by the Muslims, there are Protestant churches that never existed before. Possible because of one thing, trained leadership. From there, ladies and gentlemen, I had the opportunity of going not only to, not only to places that, 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 that needed some kind of a transformation, but to places like Russia. On the other side, of, and you couldn't do this today. This is the, see, there are all, in, in life, there are seasons. I believe that this is your season. There are seasons and there was that opportunity after the fall of communism when we could go into those Russian countries and do something significant. You can't go there today and do that. As we know by the Wall Street Journal reporter, he can't get out. And on the other side of Moscow, we were able to build this fabulous Bible school. And out of that Bible school, 300 churches were started because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. From there, ladies and gentlemen, we had the distinct privilege of doing something that we're all aware of today, and that's because Russia has invaded the Ukraine, and the city of Kiev is being bombed by Russia, but we helped to build a, a significant seminary there that's up to this point trained thousands of young men and women, and because of that, God is doing great things in faith, in, 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 with the war going on. God is, and I believe that God has built a hedge around that university because it has not been touched by any one of the bombs yet in the city of Kiev. How is this possible? Possible because Jesus said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So God helped us, God helped us across Western Europe and Eastern Europe. And I got a call one day, could you please come to Africa? Yes. Somebody else said, could you please come to Asia? Yes. I was sitting in a restaurant in Bangkok, Thailand. And across the table from me was a man I'd never met before. I stuck up my hand. I said, hi, my name is Sam Johnson. He said, I've heard of you. And he said, I've been waiting for you to come. I said, really? He said, yes. He said, I need you. I said, what are you talking about? He said, let me tell you this story. In 1960, Ray Trask, left Minnesota, went to Burma, today called Myanmar, went to Burma in 1960, and he bought land and he started a Bible school. And this is what he built. He built a boys' dormitory for 100 boys sleeping on the floor. And then six years later, he was kicked out, and all of the missionaries were kicked out, and they closed the doors to the West. And for years, Burma was closed to the West. He said it has just now been reopened. The military has allowed democracy to begin. And he said, I'm the first missionary back into Burma. 
Myanmar. Oh, I said, that's wonderful. What a great story. No, 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 no. He said, I need you to come. I said, what do you have in mind? Come with me. So when I could, I took the bait and I went and that's what I found. I found the boys' dormitory that needed to be rebuilt or built. Not rebuilt, but built. So, I, so I, I saw that and I had a meeting immediately with the termites. And I said, now listen, guys, here's the deal. I've got, I, I, I got to go back to America and find some money. But you need to link arms and hold hands and keep the building up until I can get back. <laughs> and they did. They helped me. And so I took some pastors back with me in the next trip. And about 10 guys, each one took a sledgehammer and knocked the props out from underneath that building. <laughs> Didn't take much. And it fell down, collapsed. It was such a pile of junk. And on that property, this is the evidence of what we believe God for. A beautiful boys dormitory for 300 boys. I said, this is wonderful. See you later. They said, no, 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 you can't leave yet. I said, why? They said, come with us. So I, they took me where I had never been before, although I'd been there a number of times. Back behind the trees was a girl's dormitory. And I looked at that, and I said, that's a pile of junk. Uh, bad news. And I said, that's terrible. They said, yes, we need a girl's dormitory. I said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not. See, I didn't have the money, but I believe God, and I believe that God would help us, and God did help us. We tore that down, and now you see what God replaced it with, a beautiful women's dormitory. Now we have space for 500 students. We built staff houses. We just did great stuff, and we had a wonderful time getting it all ready. And I wish I could end this story by telling you this. Some good news, but it's not. Because two years ago, on Friday, on, on Tuesday morning, in the middle of the night, the military that were in the shadows had re-emerged. And in one night, they rounded up all of the democratically elected leaders and put them in jail. Four have since been executed. And they retook the country. No more religious freedom, no more missionaries. None. But Jesus said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. And the students believe that. And that's why they returned, ladies and gentlemen, without a doubt. They said, the military is not going to stop us. God is in control. And today, in the country of Myanmar, Burma, there's one million Pentecostal believers. Possible because of trained leadership. And so God helped us there in the country of Myanmar. From there, ladies and gentlemen, I went to India. I, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting at supper with a wonderful, 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 legendary lady. She was the Mother Teresa of the Assemblies of God. Her name was Halda Buntain. And she was sitting to my right, and she reached over, and she took a hold of my arm. And she said, Sam, you don't love me anymore. I said, what are you talking about? Of course I love you. Everybody loves you. You're Hulda Bontaine. Are you kidding? We adore you. We'd worship you if we could. You're Hulda. She said, no, 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 no. Skip all of that. You don't love me. Why do you say that? Because you have never been to India. I said, you're right. Never had. She said, but there's only one of you. I said, you're great. Mama discovered that. So I said, I'll come. So as soon as I could, I went to India, 
And they took me to the edge of the city, and this is what they showed me. They showed me a three-story building. I said, oh, this would be fantastic for the Bible school. Because she had started a Bible school with 150 kids, and she couldn't grow. So she needed a Bible school. I said, this is the, this is, wow. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. We could never use this because this was given to be a boy's home. Well, I said, how many boys do you have? They said, 25. 25 boys in that three-story. This is, and I got closer to the front door, and I saw who had given the money. And I said, I know the donor. Do I have your permission to go back to America and talk to the donor and see if we couldn't use this for a Bible school? They said, you have our permission. So I came back to the States. I made a phone call. In the morning, that afternoon, they had an executive meeting, and they gave that building on four and a half acres to us with one proviso, and that was that you would have to make sure we have a boy's home. I said, I can build a boy's home cheaper than I can build a Bible school, and we'll do it. And so I took that, and I added the fourth floor, and now we, had the, we, we got a beautiful Bible school. I got classrooms, and I got a library, and I got dining hall and offices. Yeah, yeah, this is... They said, no, 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 you can't leave yet. I said, why not? They said, because the girls can't sleep in the same building with the boys. <sighs> well, I said, they'll get together sooner or later. <laughs> I said, what do you need? They said, we need a women's dormitory. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Take a look at the evidence, ladies and gentlemen. That's the women's dormitory that we built right behind the big building that you just saw. We built that for a million bucks. Beautiful for a hundred wonderful girls. Now it's all done. And if you'll walk down through the alley with me, you'll see the administration building on the left, the women's dormitory on the right, and way at the end of the alley, you see the tall building. That's the boys' home for 40 boys. And that's the finest Bible school, ladies and gentlemen, in all of North India that any denomination has. For the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, because Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. If you believe that, ladies and gentlemen, you do something about it. And God has helped us to do some magnificent things. From there, I close this morning. You don't want me to, I know. But I close this morning by taking you to Africa. There's 54 countries in Africa, so before you go, you need to decide which one you're going to go to. <laughs> Hello. So I was living in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the time. Now I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Beautiful place. Come and see me. Dollywood is just an hour away in Pigeon Forge. She calls me often. She says, could you come over and have coffee? And I, Dolly, I don't have time. I'm just... <laughs> And I wish that was all true. <laughs> but I was in Minneapolis, and I got a phone call. And the man on the other end of the line said, my name is Barnabas. Well, I had never met a Barnabas before. It's not often you meet one wherever you go. A Barnabas. I'd read about him in the Bible, but I'd never met him. <laughs> he said, I said, who, who are you? He said, I'm the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Tanzania. Oh, I said, that Barnabas. I said, what do you want? He said, I want to come and see you. I said, come along. So I got him a motel. We went out to have supper. For three hours, he never touched his food. 
And this is what he told me. We have embarked upon a plan in Tanzania to start 10,000 new churches in 10 years. I said, Dr. Barnabas, how are you going to do that? He said, no, 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 no. It's not how I'm going to do it. It's how you and I are going to do it. And I took the bait. I said, what do you have in mind? He said, come and see. I went to Tanzania, and this is what I found. That's in East Africa, south of Kenya. I found a dormitory building that had been started by a church in Alabama and never got back. And I saw that, I saw that, and I said, devil, get out of my, get, you mocked me, you mocked them, get out! We're going to build a boys' dormitory. And we went and we built, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you take a look at the evidence, God gave to us a beautiful boys' dormitory. And in the last 10 years, ladies and gentlemen, they planted 10,000 new churches. They took two years off. Two years ago, they started a brand new campaign to plant 30,000 new churches in 13 years. How are you going to do this? And this is, the, this is the answer. I helped them. We helped them. Prior to one helped them. You would have helped them if you had been. And so we have planted, built 72 church planting schools. When you come, you'll learn how to plant a church. You go out and you start a church. Since they started the new campaign, 4,600 churches have been started for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in Tanzania. And their goal, ladies and gentlemen, when they finish, would be 40 million believers that never believed in Jesus Christ before. All of this is possible. All of this is possible, ladies and gentlemen, because of one thing, train leadership. It's just, it's, just, it's just that simple. Train leadership. So God has helped us. I could show you, I could show you, I could show you, and you, you, you wonderful stuff. But there's only one thing that we've got to keep in mind. Doing as Jesus did. He took 11, fill them with the Holy Spirit, transformed the world. And God has helped us to build in 55 countries doing one thing. Building Bible schools, Bible training centers. Don't get hung up on the name. Filling them with the Holy Spirit and sending them out to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I'm going to close now by telling you a sad story. Because I'm really a happy person and I want everybody to have, but not always that way. I've been working all across Africa. We've helped to build in over 25 countries. West Africa, there's a country called Burkina Faso. Senegal's over here. Burkina Faso is here. To the north, Burkina Faso is Mali. M-A-L-I. A country filled with Muslims who hate your guts. They are militant and they're out to do one thing, and that's to take over Burkina Faso and go all the way down to the coast. And four years ago, on a Sunday morning, seven guys in motorcycles pulled up in front of an Assembly of God church and waited for the service to be over. When the service was done, the pastor came out and greeted them. They said, are you the pastor? Yes. They took him behind the church and put a bullet in his head. They took the leading board member, did the same thing. And they roared off laughing like hyenas. Ha, ha. Seven guys in motorcycles. And devastated 
the northern part of Burkina Faso. The churches were filled with so much fear that they, that they, they just fled their churches and their lands and they moved to the south. Burkina Faso. They killed hundreds of believers. And there was a Bible school up on the border. The Assembly of God Bible School. Obviously had to be closed. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not be prevail against it. And the Burkina Faso Christians believed that. And in the face of all the obstacles, they took those Bible school students. They moved down three hours towards the center of the country. And on a piece, a piece of ground, they began to build a brand new Bible school. Now, all of us will be tested. I've been tested many times, ladies and gentlemen. Nearly died on several occasions because of infectious diseases and whatever. Testing, testing comes. It's not the testing, it's what you're gonna do about the testing. Are you going to become an overcomer or are you gonna? And so I was there and I saw what they had done with their meager funds. And they were building dormitories again brand new Bible school and for $2,000 at that time they could build a dormitory 9 by 15 because Burkina Faso is the only country where I've ever been where the male student brings his wife and his kids and they come to Bible school you would love it six six, not six, six of you four children in one room 9 by 15 and today in Burkina Faso, there are 6,000 students, wives, and kids on eight campuses because what they do. And they've given each one of them a room, nine by 50. Now, the price has gone up a little bit to $2,500 a dorm, as the pastor mentioned. And for $2,500, you can help to build a dormitory for one family. And now because of what's happened, you can build two with your kingdom builders. Maybe somebody here says, we don't want to stop it too. That's your own business. But you see, I believe God. I believe God. Because our missionaries went there 103 years ago. There are six graves in Burkina Faso of our missionaries who gave their lives. But today, listen to me, today in Burkina Faso, there are 8,000 Assembly of God churches and 2 million believers. It's only possible because of trained and so I, I offer you today the opportunity to do something significant in Burkina Faso on the brand new Bible school where I was in April and we had our first graduation. And 25 beautiful guys said, we're going into the mission field, our own country. Would you consider today what God would have you to do as we bring the service to a close? But first... Let me pray. Let me pray with you. Let me pray that God would lead each one of you, each individual life, not only the life of this church, but each individual life in a supernatural way. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege I have this morning of coming here. My GPS this morning, Lord, had trouble finding here, but we found it because it's a sent church. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it the opportunity I have to share with these intelligent and bright and fascinating people the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray this morning that there's anyone in this congregation who is struggling individually, you would breathe into their life a brand new 
verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And help them understand that if they believe God, they have the evidence already. And they walk out of here today with renewed strength in you. I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. Praise God. So I thank you, Lord, for that. And I thank you now for this incredible pastor and his wife. And I thank you for what you want to do in Burkina Faso. We give it all to you in Jesus' name.